The Drum Candy Podcast is brought to you by Drum Factory Direct. What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode two of season two of the Drum Candy Podcast. This is your host, Mike Dawson, coming to you from Drum Factory Direct in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This week, I'm sitting out with my good friend, Nick Marguerite. You may know him as Nicky Moon of Nicky Moon Custom Symbols. So it's a slight divergence. We don't talk about drums, we talk about symbols. So we start out talking about um, some imaginary scenarios where I am a customer and I have some specific needs, but I don't know what to get. So he walks us through the process of picking and choosing the right symbols to suit your specific needs. And then we just kind of go off on various um, tangents about symbol philosophies and I'm just shooting, just throwing questions at them. And I've got a beat up symbol here that we try to figure out what's wrong with it. So it's a fun one. If you're uh, into symbols, this is the hour for you. So check it out. Nick Marguerite of Nikki Moon Custom Symbols. So here we are. Finally, I arrived at your place. All right, so <laughs> we're rolling. All right. All right, so let's just dive in. It's kind of weird for me to interview someone that I already know <laughs> pretty well. So I yeah. decided we're going to focus this show on I'm an unknown customer for you. I cold call Nikki Moon Custom Symbols, and I want to order a ride symbol crash and a hi-hat. What do I, where do I start? I don't know what to get. So help me get through the process. How do you take a customer through? Are we are we going right now? Uh, what's rolling, dude? We've oh, been okay. rolling for the past ten minutes, but no one will ever hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please cut out most of what I talked about. I don't think any of that's appropriate for your kind listeners. Okay, um, I don't know if we were doing like a dress rehearsal run. Um, okay, so nah, man, we you're, do it you're, live. Okay, cool. You're a customer. You you hit me up. Hey, man, like I'm looking for for <clears throat> So the first thing I want to know is like what kind of sticks are you using? Are you like a heavy hitter? Are you a light touch kind of guy? Before I answer that, why would you start with sticks? Because it tells me a lot about who you are as a drummer. It tells me a lot about like, if you have big limbs, if you have big hands, like people that are big and strong and need to hold heavier sticks tend to have bigger, denser bones. And they just like have a greater impact on the, mm. on the kit, you know, as a whole, but also because the stick itself has a huge you know, impact on the resulting sound of the symbol and the construction needs to be based on that. Wow. So you're judging people right away by the sticks that they wield. <laughs> yeah, because you know what I found is a lot of people have a difficult time articulating what they want and stuff. So I, I kind of have to, I've come up with this like sort of almost like a psychiatrist, like this group mm -hmm. of leading questions to sort of like unpack who, who somebody is as a person and a drummer, you know what I mean? And that's like a good way to start. So let's take, I'm going to take a couple hypotheticals here. So we're going to start with one extreme. So literally in this room back here, mm -hmm. which is my practice, creative, weird space, generally playing quietly and with small sticks. I'm using the Bopworks West Coast model, okay. which is probably a 7A. Let's That's say. like a 7A. Okay. With a, with a pretty small, a, a steep taper and a pretty small tip. Okay. And that's your typical like usage for your symbols in this space in this space I'm, right here yep, okay yep now what are you doing in there are you like doing lessons are you recording like what's going on in that space mm. private lessons mostly but also mostly just improvising sort of in a jazz fusion sort of vein okay 
Cool. So that tells me that your symbols need to be thinner, lighter. Mm-hmm. You don't need anything heavier than probably a medium thin, medium maximum, depending on your taste. And so uh, you said jazz fusion. So you're probably going to want something that's sort of on the more complex, semi-darker range of mm-hmm. things. So that's kind of tipping me off already to like one series. Mm. Okay. So why the one series and not? Let's go through your, your lines before I ask more questions. What do sure. you currently offer? Oh, geez. <laughs> a lot of stuff, actually. Um, probably more than I need to, and maybe I should trim it down. It's okay. <laughs> um, I have Sentinel, which is a series that contains like several different models, but that's targeted towards being more of a darker, drier, earthier kind of kind of overall vibe. Mm-hmm. More for people that really want like a lot of complexity. All right. There's um, one series, which is, it was originally designed to be sort of the, like everything all in one kind mm-hmm. of, kind of jam, which I think it, it worked out really well. And now I've expanded that to one series clear, which is a bright, brighter line, more like the vintage A's and 602s and the one series old world, which is kind of like the one series take on the old K. Mm-hmm. Then there is the Blue Collar Boutique series, which is like an economical line, which is targeted towards people who just, you know, don't have the money for the the full high end Mm -hmm. stack, right? There's a BCB Dry, which is being sold exclusively through Wilden Percussion. Mm -hmm. There's the Broad Street line, which is being sold exclusively (laughs) through Philadelphia Drums and Percussion, which is a combination of the um, one series the old world and it has like a raw bell and the dirty angel patina. Then there's the dirty angel series, which is like the funky sort of like weirder kind of stuff, like Mm. more inventive, more imaginative, like the dimple stuff and all those kind of things. And I think, I think that's it. Is there more? (laughs) I don't even know, dude. I, I think that's it. And then there's like custom shop, which is kind of, if you just want to like design, design from the ground up. Okay. So, you know, what was there before? Oh, stainless steel. Do you still offer that? Or I, that... I, I do. I just don't do them that often. Mm, okay. Anymore. So let's go back to, you said you're targeting me towards a one series. Why one series and not the Sentinels? Well, you said jazz fusion. You didn't say jazz. So mm. fusion to me is a little bit more of a blend between it's not just jazz, but it's some different kinds of stuff. And so the one series having more, high frequencies as well. Whereas something like a Sentinel is just really going for that dark, dry kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, one series is a little bit more expansive and inclusive to something like fusion. All right. All right. Now let's do, you've probably answered this one before. I think I've asked you a million times, but I, I, I have a hard time with, with vague descriptions of, of, of gear as far as like thin, medium, medium, thin, heavy, yeah. extra heavy. What is the defining line for something that's thin versus medium thin so there's like a sort of industry standard um like thicknesses Mm. for i I have like a chart like you know i could show it to you that basically says like this is the thin range for 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 you know each size 10 Mm. 11 12 30 high hat crash ride whatever all the way up to like 24 and that's based on i guess just like you know, 
manufacturing coming, you know, long before me, just, they've mm. just sort of accepted like, this is this category. This is this category. This is this category. Now it does differ. Like if you look at like a Wuhan heavy ride, for example, that's going to come in there. Like what a Zildjian medium ride is like, they, there are a little bit different ideas about that. And even in like Zildjian's catalog, some of their like K Constantinople stuff, like they have like a medium ride that in any other series is like a th medium thin or thin. So mm. Really what it comes down to is how it feels and plays and sounds, you know, like so it's not just weight. It's not just weight, but like for me with my stuff, if I, if I say I'm, it's a thin, it's going to fall in a category. Mm. Like always, it's just, I'm very like meticulous about that. Um, but you can craft a symbol that is heavier to feel thinner or lighter. You just have to have it be not quite so stiff. Mm. And vice versa. You can have a, a thinner symbol feel and perform like like very pingy and, and sort of like it feels heavy. So Which I know you, know, you have a uh, a pet peeve with everyone focusing on grams with symbols too much. It's a little irritating. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I, I do I do understand it though. Like I mean I, I used to do the same thing before I was a symbol maker, you know. Yeah. Um but it's it's kind of just like a... I, I feel bad almost for consumers because they're kind of lost in the dark. Like that's why I've tried so hard to give as much information out to people as I can so that they know what they're getting. Mm -hmm. Cause that's really like, people are like desperate. They're like, I want this sound and it's, I like this symbol and it was 24, 57 grams. So I guess that's what I need, you know? I mean, they don't know. So, but it's like, dude, that's just a number. Like think about like fitness, right? Like you could have somebody who's 200 pounds of fat, or somebody who's like 250 pounds of weight. You know what I'm saying? 200 pounds of fat versus like 200 pounds of muscle. Like it's the same weight, but it's a completely different look. Like one mm -hmm. person looks like fat and one person looks like totally, they look way thinner basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can look at my brother who's chiseled <laughs> and he weighs 200 and I weigh 205 and I'm a blubber. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a blubber by any stretch, man. You're crazy. But I don't know if that's like a decent analogy, but. Um, <clears throat> but is it, a, is it, man, so many different a aspects of this. So if I gave you a symbol, I said, recreate this. First of all, is that possible? And then second of all, how much of the grams is really a, a part of that equation? I mean, I'm going to ba definitely ballpark it for that you know, mm. that weight, but also it's not just weight, it's thickness. This is the thing. Weight can be distributed in certain different parts of the symbol. So you could have a symbol that's very, very heavy. If you, if you started with a blank, like a heavy blank, very thick blank, and you tapered it a lot, a, more of the weight would be centered towards the bell and it would get much, much thinner towards the edge, which would be like paper thin out towards the edge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that could be the exact same weight as a symbol that's completely evenly tapered. Mm -hmm. And those are going to be very, very different symbols. So like, that's another reason you cannot just go on weight, you know? Now, so, is it possible to recreate a symbol? Yes. Mm. Under most circumstances, yes. Mm. Depending on what it is. If it was like, if you asked me to recreate some kind of shape that I don't have the capacity to, you know, to manufacture because of the limitations of what I have, then, you know, maybe not, but under most circumstances. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So let's go back to me ordering a set of, of symbols here for this little space. Okay. <clears throat> what sizes should I get? What models should I get? We know we want the series. We know the series we want. Mm -hmm. So 
one series, I don't really have uh, like models, which is great. So mm. one series is just kind of like on my website, if you were to go like build, you know, or buy one series, it just gives you the options to build your symbol based on size, thickness. And when it comes to ride symbols, you have a choice of like a bell, jazz bell or a regular bell. So you can mm. really build it up however you want. I would recommend for that space over there, probably just like a very standard, <laughs> get out of the way, man. <laughs> um, probably like a 14 inch hat, you know? And uh, I'm a big proponent of the 17 to 19 inch crash range. That's mm. like the sweet spot for crashes. So depending on how many you wanted, I mean, like an 18 is is the standard for a reason. It's it's a solid size. And then, you know, 20, 21 inch ride. Are you not a fan of 22s? No, I am. I like them. I just personally, in general, I don't have as much, I'm not a very patient person. I like things to respond quickly. Mm. I want it to happen when I, you know, when I touch it. So uh, sometimes bigger stuff takes a little bit longer to respond. You know, so, you know, when you tap, tap your touch screen and, and nothing happens, you're like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> monkey, monkey mad. Yeah. Yeah. Right before we got on, I was trying to <laughs> clear out some emails and I got mad that they wouldn't delete fast enough. I hit the return button by mistake. 400 emails opened up on my oh. <laughs> oh, man. Oops. And you threw your computer out the window, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's talk hi-hats for a second. Okay. I feel like. You know, Zildjian standardized the the new beat. You know, the the thinner top, heavier bottom. Yeah. Um, but how important is that? Uh, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's a, it's a good it's a good system. Very good system. It works. So, do you yeah. ever just make identical top and bottoms? Yep, I do everything. I I don't. I'll kind of set out to shoot for a heavier top. I mean, I'm sorry, a lighter top, heavy <clears throat> bottom. But sometimes because so many things can come up in the process of making symbols from Turkish blanks, like they're very unpredictable. And a lot of times as you start to lay the symbol, there'll be like an imperfection or something under the surface that you have to deal with. And sometimes you'll have to lathe way more off of it than you wanted to or you plan to. So sometimes stuff just turns out differently, you know? Mm. And yeah, if it, if it comes within 50 grams of each other or whatever, something, you know, if it sounds good, do it. Sound is like all I care about. You know, mm. it's not like a conceptual thing. Like it has to be this or this. I just, it has to sound good. That's it. So what, what would you say is the advantage of having a heavier bottom versus two identical symbols? Well, in general, I feel like it, it definitely gives you a little bit more weight of the foot chick, you mm. know, and it allows the top symbol, which is the one that seems to take more of the stick. I think you kind of, crash that one more mm -hmm. it, it just lets that one open up better you know it makes it a little crashier so that when you're doing close to open patterns like when you're when you're opening it you're really getting a nice crashy response from that top symbol you know <clears throat> i'm gonna veer off for a second but <clears throat> would you i know you would but oh if i want a really heavy symbols would you advise just getting some stock stuff elsewhere or would you take the time to build them for somebody no i would make them yeah like if i want the heaviest freaking rock ride you could ever imagine why yeah. would i want to get a handmade version of that versus just getting the one down at guitar center or something i mean it's a good question certainly the nuance becomes less once you start getting thicker and thicker you know mm -hmm. the nuance really starts to happen like in the medium to to thin range 
you know, more noticeably, it still happens, but excuse me. No, like I, you can still get a really nice sound and handmade heavy symbol. It's just, it's not, nobody orders them. I, I, wish, that the, I wish that they would. I mean, I would, you know, I mean, they're really hard to make because you have to hammer the mm. crap out of them. Like you need to use like a freaking giant sledgehammer, you know, <laughs> definitely got to like do that over the course of a couple of days and not try to do that whole symbol all at once, man. Cause like you really got to pound it, but um, yeah, no, sure. So, okay. Back in here. <clears throat> if I wanted to get rivets in this, this 21 inch ride, medium thin ride that I'm going to buy, how do you decide where to put them and how many to put in, in the symbol? That is a very personal like choice, you know, as far as how much sizzle somebody wants. I'm a big fan of the split rivet. I don't, understand the like permanent punched style rivets to me is just crazy because it's mm. such a it's such a commitment mm -hmm. like once that thing's in there like it's just a you know it's a biatch to like get it out and then once it's out it's out you, you know unless you have the tools and they know how to put one of those things in so the split rivets are way easier so I, in general i would say like maybe i wouldn't do more than if you're like for just swing patterns and kind of and that kind of stuff yeah, just a classic sizzle like type sound. Six, you know, probably. I wouldn't do anything more than that. Maybe even less. Could be like three, three to six, you know. So why do the cluster versus evenly dispersed? So when you evenly disperse them, a rivet, you know, it has like a little head on it, right? Like like the head of a nail. And that touches the symbol mm -hmm. and that stops the symbol from resonating a little bit. So it actually kills the response of the symbol. Which mm. some people like it's not not the response the sustain sorry which some people like um so the more of the circumference i think is the word that's, <laughs> right. that's yeah the circumference or diameter i'm not a math guy i don't know um it tends to choke it out a little bit more so if you mm. just keep them condensed in one little area the rest of the the top of the symbol is a little bit more free to resonate uh-huh um, i i like that better the three in line unless i want to kill some like sustain mm -hmm. And then it's a great way to do it. And the closer you move it up towards like the bell, the the more of the vibration you're, you're going to tank. So if you, as you're building a symbol for your own for your own catalog, mm -hmm. when do you decide this sucker needs some rivets in it? Never. Really, it's never like this one just needs a rivet. I mean, I don't know that that's ever happens. Maybe right. one, once or twice. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't want to pigeonhole a symbol to be a rivet symbol because then that limits the amount of people I can sell it to. Honestly, if somebody sees that and goes, hey, I like that, but I want rivets, it's not a big deal for me to go put rivets in it. Mm. But once there's rivets in it, I can't undo rivets. You know what I mean? Can't take those holes out. So um, I, I maybe a couple of times I made a couple of specialty things. Uh, I made a pair, I did a mod hi-hats for you. I put rivets in the bottom hat. I love that. That's a very, oh, yeah, very cool. Yeah. I think that's like underutilized, man. That's a cool deal. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that back in the early nineties. I think Sabian might've been the first. To the Sabian, AA <clears throat> rock hat or yeah. Rock hats. Yeah. Yep. Like Dave Eberzies maybe was using it or Shane Kinney with Allison Sean James. Kinney, Allison yeah, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Sean Kinney, where I right. found out about it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's actually awesome. It's it's super subtle, but it's it really is killer. I dig it. What are your thoughts on giant holes in symbols? Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I don't love it. I don't, I hate doing it. It's a really obnoxious procedure to do to a symbol. It really stinks. It's really? A way more time consuming than you would think. You would think like, Oh, you just put a hole in it, but you, it, it, the surface gets all messed up and scratch. It's just like a lot of BS bitch work. You gotta, you gotta do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like an effect that you can kind of get without doing that. There's other ways to do it. Mm. However, I will admit it's a, it can be very cool. Like I think that, like people don't really use China symbols anymore. It seems like that's mm-hmm. kind of gone, right? That was the thing back in the day. Everybody had a China, but it is a really cool way to get a, a cross between a crash and a China, you know, mm. I think so, but they break easier. Definitely. They're, they're more prone to breaking. Definitely. All right. Anything else you would add in this kit? So, um, to that kit, um, I mean, it's a small space. I can barely fit a, a bebop kit in there. I don't have any more than what about like micro hats, tiny little high hats. I'm into making those or not? Yeah, I, I like they're they're hard to make. They're, I Are just they? uh, I just made a set actually for uh, I can't say for who actually I'm not allowed to say for who, but um, <laughs> I I make symbols for people that have like deals with big companies or oh, like yeah, or, yeah. like whatever, and like I'm not allowed to say it so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just shipped them uh, out. So yeah, they're, they're tough to make actually, because, uh, hi-hats in general are hard to make, but the smaller symbols become the harder they are to make actually. Mm -hmm. Um, there's like a lot of weird pitchy stuff that starts to happen, but I I think they're super, super cool. I used to always have a set of eight inch, um, hats on my kit. Where does that start at? Did you just order like a eight inch blank or does it start bigger? Yeah. Just get an eight inch blank. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, you hinted at cup sizes earlier, and I kind of scooted over it. What is a jazz cup versus a regular cup? In general, it's just smaller in some way. Mm. It's usually lower. Like the, the the rock cups are taller and a little bit wider. The jazz ones tend to be a little bit lower. There's a lot of variation in them. Some of the jazz ones are like a kind of like a half circle, sort of low profile half circle, whereas other ones are a little bit more conical, you know. But in some way, that they're they're smaller than a than a bit than a rock bell or standard bell, you know. All Although right. one thing to note is, you all right there, buddy? You yeah, got, to, got a little bit of a something something. Is that coming the, through? I'm trying to mute my mic. No, right you're now. muting it, man. But okay. you, you don't have the thing, do you? No, it's just post nasal drip. <laughs> okay. Um, where were we? Sorry. Cup size. Cup size. Yeah. The modern like uh, Z and, and S brands um, cups are really big mm-hmm. compared to like any other like brand. I don't. Know, it's just uh, that's kind of their thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see like micro bells too often. Only like, on only on like the the K-Cons and stuff like that. They kind of make them a little bit more tame, but the rest of them, they're usually they're <clears throat> diesel, man. They're huge. <laughs> yeah. What about flat rides? What about <clears throat> flat rides? When would, um, like, why not just get a flat ride for this room? I you totally ride. could, actually. Yeah. Um, flat rides are like really fun to play. I think 
most people just can't really wrap their head around it. They're just so unused to the way they sound. It's, mm-hmm. it, if you've never played one, it's weird the first time you do because you're like, where's the rest of it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're super monotone. They don't really, they just kind of do one thing. Um, they're lower volume, but loads of stick. If you're a stick definition person, file edge are, are a lot of fun. Are they easy or hard to make? They're actually in some ways easier because... Mm-hmm. The area around where a bell exists in a symbol is a, is a difficult area to mitigate because of what happens. That change from the, the bow profile to a bell is very extreme and it puts a lot of tension in the metal. Mm. So not having to deal with that is actually kind of nice. <clears throat> you had something at the Music City Drum Show. What was that? It was like a flat ride with a sort of a bell in it? Yes, that was um, kind of similar Almost to what you have, that mod that I did on on one of your symbols back there, I kind of did like a really low profile bell in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this was, yeah. um, it was a flat, a totally flat piece of bronze that I had just hand hammered the the bell, but I just didn't go too too far with it, you know, for a couple of reasons. First of all, for sonic purposes, but second of all, if you're hand hammering a bell, there's only so much hammering you can do in the same area to stretch metal before it will, it'll break. Mm. So like you can't really, unless the bronze is super fresh, like it ju- you just got it. It was just made. Um, you wouldn't want to hand hammer like a really high profile bell like that. Mm. Cause you would, you would bust it. So what does that little bell do sonically? <clears throat> so on a symbol like that, First of all, the fact that the bell has been hand hammered means that it's been compressed. Like the metal has been squished, 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 and it's come really, really, really hard mm-hmm. in, the, in the center. So it's like very, very, very like different than the rest of the symbol, which that has, it kind of makes the entire symbol have a different sort of tone to it. Kind of hard to describe, but sort of an integrated bell kind of sounds. Like you hear the bell through, through, it doesn't matter where you touch the symbol, you mm-hmm. know? kind of deal and then with the bell just being lower it gives you a little bit more of the the flat ride properties like a little bit more of that stick a little bit less volume you know sweet all right let's switch to a different person my alter ego <laughs> all right. um i own a home studio and tracks can come in that'll sound like mars volta or um bobby darren and i want one set of symbols that i can just use for everything <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. <laughs> well, you would probably want to go, first of all, I would ask you the, the same questions. We would talk about your sticks and how hard you play and are you a heavy hitter. Now, if you're playing Mars Volta and stuff like that, you're probably laying into your cymbals pretty good. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to do anything that's thin. We're going to stay medium thin to medium. And then we're going to want to stay within probably a sentinel a dirty angel or a one series Mm -hmm. something that's that's flexible um sentinel tradition model um something that's flexible something that is lathed i would not want to do an unlathed symbol for particularly aggressive music unless it's Mm -hmm. a really heavy symbol because it just doesn't carry the same Mm -hmm. so um we would probably be talking about a 21 to 22 inch ride symbol Mm -hmm. probably 15 inch hi-hats i think are kind of the best size in my opinion mm, okay well how all so all around why uh, I, mean, I agree so i'm glad you said that <laughs> yeah it's funny i used to be a small hi-hat dude like most of my life i played 13s 
Mm. Um, but they just don't quite have the body, you know, especially when you slosh them, like they sound kind of chimey and, and a little bit too like, Ugh, like mm-hmm. settle, settle down there, buddy. You know, um, 15s are just full bodied, man. And, but you're still able to get articulation out of them. Once you get up into 16 inch high hats, uh, you lose articulation. Mm-hmm. Now you're sacrificing articulation for that really groovy, buttery vibe. You know, mm-hmm. 15s, you can still get, so you really get the best of everything, man. And now with it being a bigger symbol, you can have more bronze. It's going to create more volume and it's going to, you know, project. So what is that chiminess in small hi-hats? Like my ear just finally started hearing it. I used to love 12s. I used to love 13s. But yeah. now when I play them, I'm like, oh, it's like all I'm hearing is the bell. Yeah. I mean, it's like the difference between playing a splash and a crash, you know, mm. one of them just sounds like zingy and one of them sounds more full bodied. You know? Is there a way to make 13s not do that? Yeah, you can keep the, the profile as low as you can, like as low as possible. Mm. Because the, you don't want too much profile on hi-hats anyways, but the the more profile you have, the more your pitch is going to go up. So if you keep it pretty low and, and sort of organic-y, then you can sort of mitigate that to, a, to an extent. Mm. Yeah. Okay, now why not just put together two 15 inch crash symbols and rather than order a set of high hats. Cause that's dumb. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. So there's a couple of things about that. First of all, crash symbols usually have a crash symbol bell crash symbols. Their job is to project mm. one thing and get out of the way, but it has to be kind of loud. So crash symbols usually have a pretty, pretty profound bell size. And hi-hats don't. Hi-hats are a little bit more small because they're meant to be articulate. So a 15-inch crash or 16-inch crash, whatever, is going to have a a bell that's a little bit too big for for hi-hats in general. And second, uh, the weight of a crash symbol is not really up to the snuff of what a hi-hat symbol is, unless we're talking like paper-thin hi-hats and Mm. sort of, you know, heavier crash symbols. So Interesting. Yeah, like if you were to weigh... Hold on, do I have my... Hold on here. Let me conduct my nerd sheet. <laughs> uh, like a 15-inch crash thin would be like 930 grams. A 15-inch hi-hat top thin is like 1050. So, mm. you know what I mean? Interesting. So, is there a bit of a myth that like super thin hi-hats is the way to go? I don't think it's the way to go. I, I don't, <clears throat> I've never been a... a it's an effect. I think it's cool, but you can't do your whole gig with it unless you have like a very special kind of gig. You know, mm. if you're, if you're backing somebody who's very mellow and you're just kind of like doing chill grooves, it's cool. Like when we saw uh, Aaron play, mm-hmm. I mean, he pulled it off. He was playing two thin 16 inch crash cymbals. I mean, but that dude's technique is on point, man. Mm-hmm. And most people cannot play drums like him. So I would not suggest most people try to try to pull that off, you know? Um, what was the question? I forgot. Putting crash cymbals and like super thin hi-hats. Yeah, super thin hi-hats. Uh, yeah, they just don't have enough body and they also don't feel good to the stick because they feel kind of like a wet noodle when you hit them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want the hi-hat to like feel like a, you're hitting a piece of metal mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? Especially if you're trying to do little rolls and stuff on it. So. Let's talk about some like common repairs you have to make. Okay. <clears throat> Is there... Like I've got a ride cymbal, I should have brought it over. It's a 20-inch ride cymbal that must have been 
dropped out of a car at some point because <laughs> there's cracks that make no sense. Um, actually, I should really? go get it. Yeah, go get it. I want to see right. it. We'll, yeah. we'll pause for this commercial break. I'll be right yes. back. Forks Drum Closet, Nashville's full line drum store. Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instruments, Forks has something for every drummer. They also offer professional rental, repair, and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street in Nashville, Tennessee, or call 615-383-8343, or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com. I wonder what uh, Dawson's going to make up some story about this symbol falling out of a car, but I bet I bet he knows what happened to it. I bet he did it. All right. So, first of all, right on the K, you probably can't even see it, but there's this, like, circular crack that's, like, pushing up from the bottom. There's one there, and there's no, one there. I cannot see that. Um it's like, shoot, probably this, it's like a moon, like a crescent shaped. That's bizarre, man. I don't know. Probably the size of a dime. Is it like along the, the lathing at all or no? No. Nah. It's, so that's, yeah, that got like stepped on or something. That uh, got, I think I just figured out someone tried to hammer this thing. Yeah. Or that. But there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. And they're just cracks. Wait, what, what what model is that? That's a K Dark, K Custom Dark. Uh, are they all cracked where all the hammering is? Not all of just, them. Okay, because here's the thing. there There is a model that they make, and it might be that one, that I thought the same thing. Somebody sent me a symbol to modify and I was like, dude, you didn't tell me that you hammered, you tried to hammer this thing. Like, what the hell? Like, you maybe you want to give me a heads up. Um, and they were like, no, no, man, that's like the model. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, so I think Z like does that to kind of make it look more handmade. But it's possible that I that's think someone just just grabbed their their because it's it's the size of a like a, like a house hammer. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. yeah, that's what that is. Somebody somebody <laughs> somebody messed up and cracked it. So yeah, send send that to me. Or is there anything to do with that? What would you do? Cut them out? I mean, how yeah. do you treat yeah, that? Yeah. They have to be removed. It's like cancer. Like they got to be taken mm. out. <clears throat> and like even where it looks like it stops to your eye it's probably still going a little bit so you have to cut like around it a little bit you know so it has to just be taken out it has to be taken out it's like super dry and weird sounding yeah a lot of times like it's it's tough doing mods because um sometimes you cannot see cracks like there's mm. like patina that's just built up like fingerprints and grime like i just did a bosphorus uh great example of what we were talking about earlier by the way about weights this is a bosphorus 16 inch rock crash right the dude was like oh it's so heavy like i needed to go so i weighed it and it's like paper thin <laughs> it was like 900 grams and i was like all right weird um but i didn't see any problems with it he's like i don't know why it sounds weird and so i just cleaned it up a little bit did like a really gentle lathing on it and then you can see like the crack you know oh is that why but it's just yeah. a dollar or whatever well that was part of it yeah but sometimes you just can't see damage. It's hard. And there's so much like sludge and garbage on the symbols. Mm. You know what I mean? So but were yeah, you able you to fix that? Or did you just say, yeah, I, I, yeah. No, no, fix, of course. Fix it. Yeah. 
<clears throat> okay, so it, you can fix cracks to a degree, right? Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just like you're going to have to deal with the fact that there's going to be some weird cutouts and stuff in your symbol, mm. but it'll still be usable. You know, it'll last. What about oh. like flea bites on the edge? Do you deal with those or just leave them? Absolutely. No, I, yeah, I can't stand that. <laughs> I like the edges. Every symbol that I make or modify when you get it is like smooth, man, like totally smooth to the touch. Nice and soft and smooth. Yeah, I can't stand flea bites. It drives me crazy. <laughs> Super pet peeve, man. I'm like, how did that happen? Did you just put that symbol down on the pavement, you monster? Like, take care of that thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you should never see the way I treat my equipment then. <clears throat> I have, like, rubber pads all over the, the shop for when I put symbols down so that that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? So and then my customers them? come and pick them up, and they're just like, oh, cool, clunk. And I'm like, ah, what are you doing? I spent 45 minutes on that edge. That's, that's uh, you're across the bear, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I asked for it, man. So what does a flea bite do? I mean, is it, is it a future crack waiting to happen? It depends on how bad it is, but it also depends on the symbol. I see them a lot on Pisces and this is a whole like other discussion, but because of Pisces, material that they use the b8 b10 b12 whatever all that stuff it's softer and more malleable so it, it bends and gets warped like way way easier so i see mm. that stuff all the time like um brandon from philly drum just sent me he had got two peisty um signature traditional light rods i think they were mm. and just in transit just through getting beat up like from shipping the edges were like wonked super That's bad crazy you get bent really easily. And then I spent a bunch of time fixing it, hammered it, everything. I put it in my like little storage thing here, but I, it wasn't properly supported and it just went <laughs> bent again. And I was like, wow, awesome. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. So those were like, they, that's, they messed up at the factory. They over annealed it and they made them too soft. So, I mean, that sounds ridiculous. Uh, for what they charge for those things? Yeah, it's preposterous. I mean, $650, $700 for a 22-inch ride symbol. You better get that right, buddy. That's going to fold like a taco? Yeah, not cool. I would have been <laughs> furious, man. <laughs> not cool. What about keyholing? Uh, keyholing stinks, man. It's when I, when I see a keyhole symbol, I just get like a pain in my heart. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing you can really do, you mm -hmm. know, like except for cut it out. Like you have to make a channel you have to notch it, which is okay. It's okay. Like you mm. can do it if it's not too bad. Um, well, that's, hold on. That's keyholing. I'm talking about cracks along the bell. Keyholing. Mm. Yeah. Keyholing. There's nothing you can really do. It stinks. And keyholing stinks doing modifications too, because when you put the symbol on the lathe, now it's not, there's a half inch uh, spindle that the symbol is supposed to be you know, on and now it's off. So it's like bouncing on dancing all over oh, the place, shoot. which makes it for that. You make sure you got your personal protective equipment on and you say <laughs> a prayer to the symbol gods and you go for it. <laughs> it's uh, terrifying, man. It's yeah. like a throwing star coming at you. <laughs> yeah. It's not cool. So that can make modifications tough, but yeah, I had somebody ask me recently, like, Hey, I got this, uh, this keyhole situation. Can you put like a, like a grommet or something in the bell? And I was like, mm. no, no, I've seen those. There was a guy named, uh, Oh, he used to do symbol repairs. I had a customer who used to bring these crap all the time in New York grandmaster something. 
And he did all these weird, uh, and I was I'm like, Nodar? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Nodar Road, is that his name? Yeah, that's the <laughs> dude. N- nothing against the dude, but I saw some of the things he did, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, weird, like, pieces of metal, rivets, and things put in, and like I was like, that's just crazy. So, no, I'm not doing any of that. That doesn't help the symbol. <laughs> Frankenstein treatment. Yeah, very yeah. odd. I think I saw some. He put, we could like put like washers in it or something. Yeah, like like, like no, that doesn't that doesn't work. What is that supposed to do? Stop it from spreading? Yeah, but it doesn't do anything, and all it does is choke the sounds more. Mm. And you're putting pressure on the messed up area, which is going to make it break faster and crack more. So it's completely like insane to me. Like why anybody would do that. Is There's it, nothing you can do. You cannot weld a symbol. You can it's once mm. it's once it's busted, it's busted. That's it. The only thing you can do is take it and melt it and make another symbol out of it. Or why can't ha- you weld it? Because you just can't. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> I don't know a lot about <laughs> welding, first of all. Um I don't I I will learn at some point. But welding is like a, a ferrous metal thing, which is like the irons and the steels. Mm. Um so if you were to bronze is a non-ferrous alloy, meaning it does not contain um, iron. Mm. So I don't think you can weld bronze. You would have to um, do it like, uh, what is that called when you solder? Like you could try to solder it, but mm. that, that doesn't, it won't work. There's a guy on YouTube named Lance Campo. He had a thing called the Simple Project where he used to mess around doing like repairs and stuff. And he tried to do it and it was just like a complete disaster. Plus, the, te- the temperature of the soldering equipment is going to get the bronze too hot, which is going to make it crack anyways. It's going to ruin the temper of the alloy. So, mm. can't be done. So, is bronze a temper metal, metal or is it Super. Not? Yeah, it is very, very bitchy material. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very, very, uh, that, but that's what makes it cool. It's got a lot of personality. You know, it's very, like, kind of unexpected, like, weird things always happening with it, you know. But that's, like, the fun of it. Mm. So what makes good bronze versus bad bronze? Um, It was made well, you know, just very simply. It was made with good copper and good tin. It's just like uh, if if your grandma bakes you a cherry pie or if you went down to Wawa and you got some cheap, you know, cherry pie (laughs) off the shelf. They're both cherry pie, yeah. They both technically have the same ingredients, but one of them was made like way, you know, with way more care. that's why people are like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a B- B20 symbol from China. It costs $3. I'm like, yeah, okay. Have fun with that. Because mm. <laughs> it's, it's B20, it'll make it good, man. Like, you know, it's probably got arsenic and, and all kinds of stuff in the, in the alloy. It's all kinds of weird crap going on. So, Interesting. So there's yeah. no, like, regulatory body for the quality of bronze in the world. <laughs> no, I mean, Zildjian is ISO. It's, uh, they are ISO... Um, which is a manufacturing oversight uh, committee. I've, okay. I've, I've worked in medical companies that had ISO authorization. Basically, you can say if our business is ISO approved, it means that we go under these stringent regulatory, you know, steps. Mm. So they they're like the only company that I know that that has anything like that. Interesting. Yeah. So is it is it can you if you use recycled copper and recycled tin, will that yield a less than quality bronze? Yes. You can use recycled copper. You cannot use recycled tin. If you use recycled tin, you're going to get dog crap and it probably isn't going to work. Yeah. The tin has to be of an extreme high purity and high quality. 
Now, if the copper source is not recycled, you will get a better product, but you can absolutely use recycled copper and still get a very good product. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What is it? What's the tin do to the, to the metal? The tin is added to bronze to give it strength, which is like why they, when cave people discovered bronze back in the day, um, bronze was a, a good alloy because it was copper is very soft, mm. which is why the B8 symbols are way, have a lot more copper, which is why they're softer. Mm. So the tin gives it strength, you know, but it also gives the bronze the lower frequencies and all like the, the sort of nice, interesting, you know, intricate sound stuff. Is there like a B30, a B40, a B50? No, there are, um, there are a couple of companies I won't name (laughs) that claim to be using B25 bronze, Mm. which is nonsense because it's not possible. Um, the, probably the most tin that you could make that kind of alloy with would be 23%. Anything above that, it would be too brittle. So the more tin that's in the alloy, the more hard and brittle the material gets. Mm. So the less tin, it's more malleable. So you can like bend it. It won't break, but it'll bend. But the more tin that's in there, it's a little bit more rigid, but if you really force it, it will crack. So mm. there's like a balance to, to where it needs to be kind of in the middle. And B20 is kind of like the perfect, that's the, the number. But if you were to send like any of your symbols into like a, to be analyzed, it would come in between B19, B21, ish mm. yeah it would be kind of somewhere in that range and <clears throat> people have done that with zildjans and other things and and found that to be true and found some other things in the in the mix as well <laughs> yes so a little rosemary <laughs> uh yeah well some other some other metals that aren't that aren't mentioned yeah interesting mm-hmm. interesting so it would it would be frivolous to try to, to differentiate yourself by saying i've got b22 bronze it's uh, going to be relatively the same, right? A B23 versus a B20 <clears throat> uh, is like a, it'll be a little bit trashier, darker, more complex. It'll have like a little bit more mm. low frequency stuff going on, but it's nothing that you couldn't get out of B20 with a little bit of additional work. You know what I mean? Mm. You would just have to do a little bit more hammering to kind of make up for, for that. It's, it's kind of like a, a fast track to darkness, really. Mm, okay. You know I mean, what if you just do like a handful of zinc or something in there? What would it do? <laughs> well, interesting that you say zinc because zinc is. Uh, remember when I said there are some some undisclosed metals to show up sometimes. <laughs> zinc is actually used in the process of making uh, bronze to flush the the melts before it's poured to remove impurities, and some mm. of that zinc actually stays inside <clears throat> the the uh, blend. So. So zinc is like the tilapia of the, the symbol. <laughs> well, so so zinc is what is is in brass. Brass is copper zinc. So if you just have a copper and zinc alloy, it sounds like garbage. Like mm. if you we've all heard brass <clears throat> symbols, they're they're nothing to write home to mama about. Mm. You know, they're pretty terrible. Um, but a little bit of of uh, zinc thrown into the the process is actually part of the the magic. Mm. Maybe it's an arsenic. Why would arsenic be used? Because arsenic was actually uh, back in the the cave people days again, before tin was added to to copper to make bronze, arsenic was added. 
Everyone so, died and they decided to take a different <laughs> path. <laughs> so so bronze really just means it's a copper alloy. Copper mixed with something else. It's kind of a broad uh, term. Yeah. Okay. But in general, it's tin, but other things are thrown into the mix too. There's all different kinds of bronzes. There's there's copper, tin, lead, copper, tin, phosphorus. There's like all kinds of stuff for different uses. But um, yeah, that was the first. Um, if you look at like old, old, old ancient stuff, like I saw some of the stuff in Albania this year. Old stuff, man like 3000 years BC mm. that's probably like copper arsenic or copper arsenic in some tin and uh how were they making that crap back then <laughs> well by accident originally that was how they discovered it is uh so I won't get I won't try to make this quick because I, I can <laughs> I, I expand on things too much sometimes um when you make a metal like B20 or whatever, right? <clears throat> in a symbol factory, you already have copper and you already have tin, right? Mm -hmm. You order those materials and you make, and you make bronze. But back in the day, like you have to get copper from somewhere and you have to get tin from somewhere. And they are found in nature in what's called ore. So inside of like a rock, a rock containing metal, that's what ore is. Mm -hmm. And the term smelting, you've probably heard, is the process of extracting the metal from the ore. Mm -hmm. so that's like a involves a lot of heat so back in the days when like uh, cavemen or whatever would make fires they would accidentally heat these these ore rocks and they would just melt together and then that's how they probably discovered oh look, mm. these two things go together and make this metal that's really useful so they were cooking some woolly mammoth or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they would or, or each other or, or who knows whatever else. So a little bit of this melted metal on top, see what's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like the, the, the leading theory that I have found to be how it was uh, alloyed metal was discovered. Yeah. Which is pretty neat. Uh. So symbols go just a little bit more on the history side. Yeah. I've heard um, some stories say that they they originated in Europe, and then some say China. Is there any definitive like source? No. <laughs> you know, no, holy grail of, of symbols. No, I've I've gone super deep into this, and there is not a definitive uh, answer because just back then, like records were not being kept, you know, very mm -hmm. well. And even if they were. At some point, if there was a civilization that had been keeping records, another civilization came in and rape and pillage burned them to the ground and destroyed their history and then rewrote it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, it's like, who could ever know? It just happened too many times. But it is most likely somewhere in Asia or like the Middle Eastern region over there where like, um, I think it was Mesopotamia, like that area, mm -hmm. you know, which is kind of in between Turkey and China. Like nobody really knows. Mm -hmm. But you know, it probably popped up in different places kind of at the same time by accident. You know, mm -hmm. so I don't think it just happened in one place and then spread from there. I think it probably was discovered in multiple areas. Yeah, I understand the, the theory that they were probably shields or some sort of wartime mm -hmm. yeah, noisemaker, clacker yep. or something. But how the hell does it then become a musical instrument that you hang on a stand and hit with a stick? Like, where, where does that become a thing? Uh, well, in like the... Classical music times, I guess. Uh, I I don't want to say any dates because I'm probably going to be wrong, but it was all marching percussion, right? Up mm -hmm. until that. So it's pretty easy to see how like two shields being clashed together is very similar to like symbols, right? Hand mm -hmm. symbols. It's like the same thing. So that's kind of obvious. And then, yeah, I think it was like orchestra. What was it? Wagner or whatever. Like one of those um, 
old classical yeah, people. Eventually, yeah. that's like at some point somebody was like, "All right, let's put one of these things here," and then it just went from that to jazz, and here we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a wormhole. I think about like how the drum set came to be, and it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what the hell is this object that we now can go to Target and buy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just I makes know. No sense. It's crazy. I took a like a history of drum. <clears throat> like drums themselves class at Berkeley and I um, didn't pay attention. <laughs> Have you kept any of the relics of your own past symbol making or are they all goners? Like the pile of failures yeah do you have like this is the first symbol I ever made that didn't sound like crap or this is yep. you know, the first time I tried this I do, do you keep things for for your own posterity that just sticks around. I don't, I'm in general, I'm, I don't like, I'm not a keeper. I like to get rid of stuff. I get rid of everything. Mm -hmm. I have like erased my own history. Like who cares? Like moving on, you know, like it's things to do. Um, but yeah, I have, um, the first symbol that I ever like completed and put a logo on mm -hmm. and which was actually, I think it was something that I modified. And then I also have my first blank that I, which was a Chinese blank that had been sort of formed through some kind of mechanical process first that I then hammered and stuff. I have both of those mm. in the garage just to like remind me if I'm ever feeling down, like, Hey man, you've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever tap them? Like, wow, that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't, don't want to know, but really I had a bunch of stuff and, and instead of getting sentimental with it <clears throat> early on, like I had to like keep, figuring out how I could turn it into something that I could sell so I could buy more blanks. Mm. So like, I just tried to use everything that I had. You just know. rework stuff you did before. Yeah. Just over and over and over again until, you know, it was either destroyed beyond recognition um, or it was, became some little crotale or weird thing or whatever. Crotali, however you say that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is there a symbol that you've yet to tackle? Like a certain type of symbol that you've yet to take on? I have not made from like I, a customer has never asked me to make like a heavy metal ride symbol mm. like ever. I've modified tons of big, heavy clunker symbols for customers to bring them into like other things, but nobody has ever placed an order on my website for heavy. I should just take the option off. <laughs> nobody has ever placed the order for even medium. I don't think, man, I think it's just all thin and medium thin. No yeah. kidding. Which is fine because <clears throat> I'll give a little bit of uh, business insight to people. Symbols, the, the for whatever reason, the way it was set up in the industry, and I kind of have to follow along, is that a 20-inch ride symbol costs this much mm -hmm. across the board, whether it's thin, medium, heavy. It doesn't matter. It costs this much. But the heavy symbol costs me way more money to make mm -hmm. because I pay by weight for my material. So, like, if you want to buy thin stuff, that's fine with me, man. Keep so everybody up. flood Nikki. what's the website flood him and order some heavy heavy 24 <laughs> yeah, inch extra rock. heavy 24 whatever symbols and yeah i'm gonna charge you a premium <laughs> uh, upcharge or whatever <laughs> fee yeah man i think we covered it all what's next for you that you don't mind sharing you got any new new goals objectives yeah lots <laughs> I know you've got a Patreon page, so I that's do. exciting. Have you started launching content on that? Yeah, I have. I've done a bunch of stuff. I have to, I'm so sorry, but I have to burp real quick. <laughs> like, I can't keep talking. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, it won't come out. All right. 
it's, it's going to come out of one of my senses. I apologize to everybody who's listening. It's going to be obnoxious and gross. I'm coughing COVID everywhere, so it's all good. <laughs> um, I, I've always wanted to do, like, people ask me a lot about stuff, simple stuff. Like, and I, I've definitely sort of established myself as the dude in the industry, and that's great. That's who I want to be. People should come to me. But it's kind of gotten a little bit out of hand where I just literally don't have time to go into these, like, long, drawn-out things for, for every person that contacts me mm-hmm. throughout the day. So I was like, all right, I have to like centralize this information somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I've always liked the idea of being a content creator. I just have never had the time. So I thought, well, maybe this is like a way to do it. Start, you know, putting together some, some stuff. And also I've always been kind of like the sad clown. I mean, like, yeah, I want to like entertain people, you know, <laughs> get some, get some laughs. Like it, it's, I, I have, I definitely have a bit of that. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I decided to kind of put all that together in a way where it's, I'm having fun. I'm trying to make people laugh. I'm doing like some little game show th- kind of things, mm-hmm. some informative stuff um, so that it's, it's like a fun deal because I can't work doing the physical thing all day with mm-hmm. singles. Like there's like a limit to how much work you can do in a day, but there's, there's days when I'm like, all right, I want to keep doing stuff, but like, mm-hmm. I can't keep hammering. I'm going to die. You know? Yeah, yeah. So this, this is like another way to kind of keep, keep working, but doing something a little bit more easy on the body. Now, did you map it out? Like you've got six months of content to do, or are you every, you kind of flying by the seat of your pants at the moment? Yeah, that's kind of my vibe. This is kind of, <laughs> let's just, you know, start it and then figure it out afterwards. Cause then there'll be pressure. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I have, I have committed to like a bit of a schedule where I'm I, every Monday, there's going to be like a new, either a new one of my little series. There's a clunker or keeper, which is great because I get sent symbols every month, dozens of symbols for modifications. So I'm just getting clunkers, clunkers, clunkers. I have no shortage of those. So that's a very easy one to do. Right. Uh, that's a, that's a cool little one. There's a uh, ask the symbol wizard is it is another one I'm going to do, mm. which is going to be answering questions and then um, doing stuff with Nikki moon, which is just me doing random crap, not even related to symbols in my life. Um, because like, well, why not? I think I can make it amusing and funny. And then there will be <clears throat> mixed in like targeted. Like I give my, my patch patrons or whatever the people that sign up, I don't know the word, the I choice Patreon, to so they're Patreons. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I'm confused. The whole thing confuses me. I'm letting them like giving them a choice of like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing like one of these three topics as like a discussion topic. Like uh-huh. my next, my next one is like <clears throat> do the connection between Turkey and uh, like Germany and Switzerland, like the, mm. the minor Turkish connection and this applies to Turkish connection. <clears throat> okay. So I'm doing like lectures on that as well. So nice. it's informative stuff. You're going to, you know, people can stand to learn a lot about symbols, but hopefully still be entertained at the same time. Dope. And then yeah. we started our our partnership with Drum Factor Direct, the DFD mod line. Heck yeah. Wait, that's exciting. So I'm I'm now scouring for clunkers. Yeah. <laughs> I found a few in my garage. Uh, dude, I'm sure like <laughs> from what I saw of your collection, you have no shortage of anything, man. I thought I got rid of all the clunkers. I thought I gave you my rock ride, but I was looking through a case. Like, I still have that rock ride. Really? Yeah, I, I think s- I gave you a medium ride instead. Yeah, we traded something because yeah, I yeah. needed one of those. But yeah, there's there's clunkers are <laughs> clunkers are fun. But yeah, this is a great project that we're doing with with TFT, like taking these symbols, you know, that are out there on the you know the aftermarket scene, 
that mm-hmm. are just like ready for a refresh and turning them around at like a pretty stupidly, ridiculously cheap price for people yeah. to get, you know? So I'm, I'm stoked about it. I just worked on two of them today. Um, the extreme tapered uh, 20, and then there's mm-hmm. another 20 inch um, BA metal. Uh, I think I called it dry guy. I'm giving him names. Dry guy. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to give them all names. Um, and it's like a super duper dry, dark, Thing. looks you know insane. anyone listening if you want to get advanced you know video or something of those two symbols before we put them on the website hit me up mike at drumfactorydirect.com we'll give you first dibs to take a look at these because i haven't even seen them yet i saw work in progress pictures in a, in a small clip so yeah no one has seen these or heard these except for nick so if you're listening and you want to so one's super dry right one's super dry yeah like How would a, you compare that to something else you currently make? Uh, I made a, a custom shop symbol called the Sahara Ride. Mm. It's probably, you can probably find it on my Insta or YouTube or something if somebody went and searched for it. I actually just made another one for Chris Pitts, one of my artists, um, which was like obscenely dry symbol. It's just like, ting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So we got um, one of those. And it's then not the quite other one. that extreme, but it's, it's very, very dry and articulate. Cool. And the other one is like a hybrid one symbol does all kind of vibe, right? Ride symbol crash effect kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's the concept of like let's start with the super duper heavy thing and taper it out like extreme taper mm-hmm. so that you have like a heavy bell and upper bow and like a thin to, to paper thin outer bow and edge. So you can ride it with full articulation. The bell still totally cranks. It's like pretty loud but then you can whoosh mm. and just like open it up it's very 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 cool so when i toured the country in a suv with with three people and all of our gear i used one symbol <laughs> that yeah, probably kinda, would have been one i could have used for that yeah yeah definitely would have been one of those kind of deals because you can totally get away with uh with it being the crash the big bell that you need and like the the ride articulation so super yep. cool all right, yeah. you might want to check those out. Mike at drumfactordirect.com. We're going to probably put them on the website in a couple of weeks, so don't miss Coupon code those. Mike D. Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a 0.00% off. <laughs> Limited financing available. <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate you coming on. And I appreciate you having me, man. I'm looking at your very articulate. Uh, meticulous notes. I don't think we skipped over everything except for you kind of you kind of pinpointed who I was before going through all five of these questions. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so no need. Okay. Yeah. We're so if good. you're, uh, if anybody is wondering what kind of symbols do I need, hit me up. In, How do you uh, reach you? What's the best way? Is w- it info? W- uh, info at nikimoon.com or just go to the website, www.nikimoon.com. And there's, contact me things on all the pages. Um, please don't send me DMS anymore. I mean, it's just, I can't manage it anymore. It's too hard to keep mm. track. So if you can contact me through there, it's way easier to manage. Dope. And your last name is not moon. <laughs> no, it's not. My name is Nicholas Marguerite. Nikki Moon is my stage name. Yeah. Cats out of the bag. All right, go check out Nick's uh, Patreon page. It's a lot of fun stuff and buy some symbols and we'll get you back on next time all right cool all right man thanks for having me 
That's it for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you're interested in the DFD mod line that Nick and I talked about there at the end, just go to drumfactordirect.com and look under symbols. You'll see uh, a special button there, category for the DFD mod line. We'll be adding to that as new pieces come in. Right now, I believe there's a set of hi-hats crash arriving in China. We have a couple more things to add. Also, check out Nick's uh, Patreon page if you want to go even further into Symbol Smith and the inner workings of being a custom symbol maker. And that's it. So we'll see you next week. Please uh, drop a review over on iTunes wherever you get your podcasts. That helps spread the word. Five-star rating will be much appreciated. If you have any questions or requests, shoot them over to Mike at DrumFactoryDirect.com. And we will see you next week. Have a good one.